To get there, there's really three things you can do. You can spend less, you can earn more, and you can maximize your returns. And in that order, like spending less yeah. is, is way more impactful because it allows you to save more yeah. and it requires you to need less when you retire. So your number you need is even less. Earning more, try to pick up a side hustle. There's always a way to earn more in some way. Yeah, you can get a promotion at work, you can pick something up. If you know how to play piano, teach on the side, you know what I mean? Buy a rental property, something. And then maximizing return becomes more important as you build that that slope upwards. I agree. The exponential growth comes from you know each percentage point of return is so important. What's up you guys? It's Graham here. So I'm here with a good friend of mine, Mike Rosehart, who retired at the age of 25 years old by owning 19 properties. And that has a combined value of probably just over $5 million. Now in the last year, he's cashed out about a million dollars of that in pure profit. You still own seven properties now, which is an incredible feat for somebody who's 25 years old. So I'm gonna let you take over. How did you get started in doing all of this and how did this come to be? Yeah, so you know, I didn't come from a, a very wealthy background. Um, you know, as a kid, we moved around a lot. I, was, I grew up in a single parent family household with, you know, kind of poverty line income. So we don't really have a lot of money. Um, it was always just surviving paycheck to paycheck. It, it always felt like, you know, just surviving, always just scraping by. And I didn't like that feeling. Um, personally, I wanted to, to do really well with my life. And so I was thinking, you know, I can climb the, the corporate ladder, um, you know, maybe become a CEO, go into business or something that allow me to rise above my current standard of living. And so um, I kind of leveraged the fact that growing up poor, I'm accustomed to a lower uh, style of, of living. So yeah. being frugal is super easy for me. It just comes natural. Yeah. Growing up really, really frugally allowed me to you know, get my first job at 15 and save almost all of that. So saving 90% of that was, was really huge. And at 17, I went off to university, which an Ivy League yeah. university here in Canada, which is, has a similar program to Harvard in the United States. So I went to a really great school. It was an expensive tuition program. Um, 17, I moved moved away. I never moved back home. So I okay. I left the city that I grew up in. And at 17, um, my girlfriend, now wife, and I, um, we just rented a place. And she went to college. I went to university. And we I studied business for, for four years. Halfway through that, I bought my first house at 19. Why did you think real estate at that point? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, I think the big thing for me was that I was investing and I was trading in stocks and I was doing a little bit of that when I turned 18. I had some capital from working a good part-time job and, and whatnot. So I was playing around in that and dabbling and you know, I was getting like market returns at the end of the day. After a yeah. year I looked at it and I was like, I'm getting like 8% return. What year was this? This must have been 2012? So I started investing, 2010 I started 2010. investing, um, like I was trading stock and stuff okay. like that. And then in 2011 I got serious about trying to buy a house. And 2012, I actually pulled the trigger and got a bank to back me on a mortgage. Did you have any income coming in? Like, what did you have? Because you were in college, yeah. right? So I, university, I, I had some scholarship yeah, income yeah. that covered, you know, at least half of my education costs. And then I had good part-time jobs. I, you know, I had a lot of really good government jobs. I worked at a bank in the summer. I worked really hard to get good jobs. Okay. And so a lot of time was spent just building the resume at that point. And so having good jobs and being really frugal allowed me to save enough that we had the 20% down payment we needed, which between Elise and I was about... 40,000 for this $200,000 okay. house. And it wasn't a great house. It's like a little two bedroom, you know, cute little house. Well, first of all, being able to save 40 grand between two people at 1500 a month is incredible. How long did that take you? And what was involved in, in saving that amount of money? We actually, um, so I used a, a bit of a, like a cash flow strategy where I used some of my scholarship money to buy the property in the summer and then got a loan to front some of my tuition. Oh my God. <laughs> so I was using scholarship. Well, that worked in your I favor. I used some scholarship money as well to help okay. that. But yeah, so it's just being, being frugal, right? I yeah. mean, we were, we were living in an apartment downtown in London 
and I think I got a, I found a deal on one for like 500 bucks for a bachelor. So splitting that's 250 each, and it was all inclusive. That's good. So our expenses were very, very low, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I picked up every sort of side hustle you could think of. I was, I was tutoring on the side, um, tutoring math and tutoring statistics and, and business. Nice. 30 bucks an hour, so I would make a little money doing that on the side and things like that that, you know, you just, you're able to save it up. And my wife worked as an RA, um, residence advisor, yeah. so that helped her get some, some income too. And, we just were able to save up that down payment and made it work. So tell us about the first property. What was like, how much was that? What did you get on rent? What was the plan with that one? Yeah, so um, the first property, like I say, around 200,000 purchase price. I spent probably $15,000 renovating it. My third year of university was when I had, like going into my third year is when I bought it. So in my third year, I spent a lot of time um, in, in the Ivy intensive program that I was in. We had these 48 hour reports where we were locked in a room for 48 hours to to basically oh, like awful. solve a business case. That sounds awful. Okay. And it's 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 a very intensive program. Like yeah. it's meant to train like future leaders of the you know Canada, right? Yeah. Kind of thing. And I remember coming off one of those forty hour reports and then spending fifteen hours straight renovating so that a guy could move into the basement, like a tenant, move into one of the bedrooms. And I just remember being exhausted all of the time. So just you know, you think you can only put in like sixty or seventy hours, but if you really want something, and, and I want Oh, you'll this, find the hours. You'll find I mean, the hours. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I was able to put in, you know, 100-hour weeks through that and still maintain my average and keep my scholarships. So that was sort of just balancing everything was, yeah. was really the trick to getting through that. And we created some equity in our, in our first house. That was great. Living for free helped a lot because we house hacked it. So oh, so you were living there then renting out the other four Yeah, okay. so I, I converted it, added some bathrooms and bedrooms, put a little basement suite in there. I was able to live... For plus 200 a month so I was making $200 a month yeah we were both living we had no living costs so every dollar we made we just saved yeah. 100% of it um, so that really helped us get you know over like, like 2012 right and we're talking May and then my next property purchase was like January 2015 so there's a three-year gap there where I was finishing school and then in 2014 April I started working full-time and then just saving okay. really heavily when I worked in management consulting just saving everything I was making which wasn't you know I didn't have a great salary making 50 grand a year out of school right but it was enough that us being so frugal that goes a long way yeah especially if you're saving 50,000 a year like I know people who make 400 500,000 dollars a year who would be lucky to save 15 grand right 20 grand so to save 50 grand a year and live for free essentially is amazing. I mean, you could you could make a million dollars a year and not even save fifty grand a year. Yeah, rent so hacking, incredible. house hacking, yeah. so key to doing that is because yeah. your living expenses are one of your number one expenses. And you know, I was using public transit until like, you know, well into twenty fourteen when I had a full time job. So Crazy. biking to work and then using public transit was another yeah. way that I was able to keep transportation costs, you know, near zero. Yeah. So you were house hacking, and then when did the second property come up? When did you realize that like I could just replicate this and do it over yes, and over and good over? Point. Again? So I guess you know I was reading some. I do a bit of journaling and dreamboarding. And that was sort of how I could visualize and, and plan out things. And I'm I'm up here all the time. Like I'll be in bed at two in the morning just thinking about what I'm gonna be doing next and planning. And so I remember at that time, looking back on my journal, there was no plan to build a real estate, you know, empire, so yep. to speak, or to reach financial independence and retire early through real estate. It was actually gonna be through, you know, index investing, just hardcore frugality. And yep. retiring early around twenty nine was the goal. So um, yeah, I, I remember looking back at the fact that with real estate you can control the outcome. Yeah. When you're investing in a publicly traded company or even a company on the pink sheets, it's hard to have that competitive advantage. And so whatever you do, I think, whether you're running a business or whatever you're doing, look for that competitive edge. And so for me, you know, I realized I could renovate these properties. There's a lot of properties in London that needed renovation and you could get pretty good deals on properties. So I thought, well, if I can buy a property below market value, that'll allow me to start with a, an instant win 
and then yeah. I'm collecting cash on cash returns of you know at least double digits, and then I discovered on my other house that I could refinance it and pull money out, and then I started doing some googling, and this was before Bigger Pockets was a, th a big yeah. thing. There was a strategy called the Burr, and so I was like, wow, you can buy, um, renovate, you know, rent it out, and then refinance and repeat that, yes. and just start buying properties, right, and use the bank's money to fund your deals. Yeah, and so that was sort of where I, I realized. Wow, like I can make 10% index investing and save everything I'm making, or I can save everything I'm making and buy a property. I can save the down payment for a property in like nine months. Yeah. And then it got quicker. Then it was like eight months. Yeah. And seven it's shorter and shorter and shorter. And then it was like yeah. in three months, I had a down payment again. 30, 40 grand a month in rent. I mean, you could you could theoretically get a line of credit, float that one month's rent to buy the deposit for the deposit on the next house. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you yeah. could actually jump the gun a little bit. Right. And that's a lot of what I did until I ran out of you know capital and then I did some joint venture partnerships to get. When it was in the double digits, that's when I did my first few joint venture partnerships, and that was pretty good too. So, yeah, that's that's sorry. How did you get how you get started in, in yeah. investing in real estate? And then that was 19 properties later. Basically, you just kept snowballing out yeah. one after another after another, and then 19 properties. And I mean, if you're thinking about it, it wasn't easy. Uh, there was a lot of times where I'd be working 50, 60 hours a week. I'd fly back from Vancouver on a consulting gig on a Friday, and I would go renovate one of these properties with all my all my sub trades there. I'd be there all weekend. Yeah, would even leave. The so property. you did the renovations yourself, or did you hire it out, or what did you what did you do on that? So in the beginning, I hired it out, but I worked with really affordable guys. So guys who were willing to like take cash, and were like, "Oh, I'll show you how to do this." And so I'd work alongside the plumber, I'd work alongside the electrician, alongside the flooring installer, yeah. the drywaller, and just learned how to do pretty much everything. Um, and there were, it was a point where like I ran out of money during one of my projects and it was just me renovating because I had no yeah. money and I had materials in the garage and I'd bring it over and like, it was just me drywalling because I couldn't right. afford to pay anyone. That's crazy. And it, you know, when you're, when you're growing a business, you're doing anything and you expand too quickly, you know, cash flow management's a big, big piece of that. So, uh, there was a time where, yeah, like, I had to do everything myself and you know, then I got to a point where I had three crews going, That's working crazy. on three projects at once in 2017 and that was a lot. Like I, I was working again, hundred hour weeks. That's nuts. But it paid off. So one of the big questions, how did you learn how to do all of this? Because that's one of the things, besides subscribing to my channel, obviously, and smashing the like button and clicking the notification bell so YouTube notifies you anytime I upload a video, besides doing that, how do you learn how to buy real estate and do all of these things? How did you learn? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you do a lot of reading. You pick yeah. up books. You might start with books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and things like that to get you started. You know, there's a lot of nowadays, like biggerpockets.com is a huge one. There are a lot of really great YouTube channels. Um, like you're doing videos, you know, I'm doing videos. A lot of people are doing videos out yeah. there that can help show you how to do this. Um, but in the beginning, I didn't know about a lot of these resources. So it was me just trial and erroring. Um, a lot of just failing and, and moving forward, right? Like the fail fast forward technique where you just fail, you learn from it really quick, you recover as quick as you can. When someone my trade site comes and steals from you. You learn really quick oh, yeah. how to put in a procedure to stop that, right? And yep. build that system. So a lot of just, you know, my first renos weren't were lean because I was doing a lot of the work, but there was a lot of wastage. There was a lot of, you know what I mean? Just because you're that. learning how to do stuff. Um, yeah, you just get more efficient the more you do it. And so for me, it was about um, just trial and error. And, and had I had resources like people like our channel and, and biggerpockets.com, I think I would have been able to, you know, do it faster than yeah. I did it. Yeah, that makes sense. So maybe you could have had more than 19 properties had you yeah. known what to do from the beginning. You didn't have a mentor or anybody, did you? Because a lot of people, I think, always say, like, I don't have a mentor. I can't do this because there's no one telling you what to do. But like, you, it sounded like you were kind of figuring this out on your own then. Yeah, I think my first sort of mentors, and they're, they're more peers, were some of the folks I met um, you know, here in London, Ontario. I went to a, a Bigger Pockets meetup and we had a 
real estate association. And I met with a lot of these guys in probably 2016, early 2016. Yeah. And that's when I doubled, right? From like seven properties to like 15. Was surrounding myself with a lot of the guys who were just, like there's a lot of guys just killing it. I mean, yeah. just trying I would talk about like Matt guys. McKeever and those yeah, guys. Yeah, like Matt Whole McKeever, and Dylan Jeff Helen, Weibel, yeah. Jeff Weibel, yeah. all those guys yeah. just killing it here in London, Ontario. And when you're around people like that and you surround yourself with that, you just want to up your own game. Yeah, it's right? true. You see everyone just upping their game. And you're like, you know, what? I can just get one more property. Yeah, you just feed off that. Yeah, and you it just feed continues. off it. Yeah. And so it's just like you're the average of your five five people. And so that's when I got the right people in my life, and, and I kind of made a change um, on the upward trajectory. Yeah. And then why did you decide to go from 19 now down to seven? Why did you decide to cash out? Because you cash out over a million dollars in profit. Like this is not imaginary money here, where it's it's equity, and people are like that's not real money. But you actually did. I mean, you showed people that it is actually real money. I mean, you, you've got a million dollars in profit. Yeah. You know, when you're in the trenches and you've been in the trenches, like 2012 to 2017, I grinded hard, like 100-hour weeks constantly. Yeah. And I remember I, I quit my job, my full-time job after three years, and I was a manager. I've been promoted two times. So I've been grinding that career tra- trajectory, that career track. And I was like, you know what? This isn't making me a lot of money. I'm making more in one deal than I'm making all year. In, in the day job. Yeah. So I'm like, this is really just helping me get mortgages, but now I'm at a point where I can find other ways to finance my deals. And so I, I pulled the trigger on that in March, 2017. So it's been a little over a year now since I, I quit that job. And, and I was at that point, I took on five projects. So I had five renovations going at once and five crews and I was placing tenants and I bought a, a property building that had 22 bedrooms, 10 bathrooms. So it was like a rooming house situation. Yeah. People were calling me constantly like at three in the morning I'd be getting calls like oh hey we broke the plumbing under the sink and it's flooding from the second floor get over here like your house is ruined yeah and so you gotta rush over there's a lot of that and my daughter at the time was maybe um, you know we got pregnant in 2015 so she was born in 2016 and in that time that's that motivated me too in a big way right and so now I was thinking in 2017 I've built this this nest egg I've built this this FU money where you know I don't need to ever have a job again. I could just sell everything and invest passively and never have to work again. Yeah. And so that for me was a big safety thing. Coming from nothing and getting to this point, it was like this was this was my goal. Yeah. I've reached that first initial goal, which was financial independence. And so it was it was really at that time, you know, a lot of things were going through my head and like those bad tenant situations were weighing heavily on my mind. I had to fire a property manager. For a number of reasons, I, a lot of things happened. I had a fire property management company, and there, there was a contractor issue that I had, and so just all of these things ha- happened at once. And it was one night, my phone was just ringing constantly. I had like 80 messages after like we went to a movie, came back, I had like 80 messages, and that for me was a moment where I was like, I'm done with this. Like I just want a break, and I couldn't find any. I didn't know anyone who could take over the load right away, and so I was like, I'm gonna sell and cash out like a million dollars of this and move it out of real estate. And I thought, you know, Canada's real estate market is very hot. It's doing yeah, it very is. well. It's a good time to cash out. I didn't know that it would go even higher this spring. You never know. You, you, you know, never hindsight's know. 2020. It's, timing the very top is going to be impossible. Like, you can't time it and then, like, who the next day it went down went down in price. I cashed out. That's right. It's, it's always going to go up. It's going to continue to go up after you sell it, almost always. And so, so yeah, it's just, it's just the way it is. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I sold and I got down to four properties in February. And then I bought three more recently with friends, yeah. um, joint venture partnerships where I'm half half and did that because I, I want to support some of my friends and work with them and I enjoy like the hunt of real estate I really enjoy. Yeah. So that for me is just, it's more of a, been more of a hobby now than anything else. So yeah, do I regret, I mean I don't really regret the decision but I, there were things on my mind at that time, you know, 12,000 a month in, in net, you know, cash flow yeah. is fantastic, right? That was what I was generating for my portfolio and that's a good amount what of money. What was the gross on that? 
probably like 30. 30,000 a month. I have to add it up. Maybe yeah. about 30,000. 30 something. That's thousand. incredible. $1,000 a day from gross rent. That's incredible, man. Yeah, so it's yeah. at the first of the month, it's a big rush of cash, yeah. which is nice. So what's your recommendation for everybody watching in terms of like maybe getting started or anything that you feel like really helped you along the way? That people could imitate and basically just copy. Yeah, I mean, the thing I like about my, st my story and my strategy is that anyone can do it. You don't have to come from a, you know, a rich background or, you know what I mean? So that's a really nice factor, I think, is that anyone can start with their first property and learn how to burn and buy you know, several properties. You just need to maintain a full-time job. That really helps you keep a good credit score. There are certain things you need, certain boxes you need to check yeah. effectively. But if you did that, then anyone can emulate that. And the, the big thing about real estate that makes it better than, than other businesses that I've looked at and even investing in like public equities or public debt is that with real estate, you can borrow like 80% loan to value like all day long, yeah. right? You can even borrow more than that. You can go 95%. Sure, yeah. If you want to get really ballsy, you absolutely you could. can. Yeah. 100%, right? Yeah. If you want to pay that mortgage insurance, you can borrow so much against real estate that you can't do that with other businesses, right? Most businesses, you can't even borrow you know, against half of the assets, yeah. right? But they consider like the building to be something that's very, very safe, right? Real estate is something that banks are willing to get behind. It's a tangible asset, I mean, yeah. it's there. People need, they can live in it. Right, yeah. and, and they, it's appreciating, so people are willing to, to get behind it. It's just such an easy way to, you know, some of my properties were triple digit returns. Like, who, who's getting consistent, like 100% return on investment? Right. I, I could consistently double my money, it was like double, yeah. double, double. But devil's advocate here, Canada has been, you've, you, you've yes. written, such a bull market. Yes. So I would hate for people to potentially see this Fair. five years from now. Yes. Look back and maybe the market tanked and they're like, we can't do it. They're like you could lose a hundred percent a year. I just like I put in twenty grand down and now I lost fifty grand. You yes. you have capitalized on a very rapidly appreciated. So have I. Yes. I mean, we both got in at the very bottom of the market and ridden it up and capitalized on that. Yes. So there is the potential at the same time we've been in a great position. Yeah, it, you know, my, my counter to that, like people who say, you know, you didn't do anything yourself, it was all just luck, right? I mean, the type of properties I was buying were cash cow properties. They weren't appreciating style properties. So I didn't buy for, like I wasn't a speculator. Yeah. I was uh, looking to buy cash cows. That even if property values depreciated, when you're making 2,000 above the mortgage every month from, per property, you can cover, like you can cover all day long if banks yeah, try to true. call, right? So, in a down market, I still would be a millionaire today. Would, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't. So I, I did run the numbers once. If it was just if the real estate market had been 100% flat, and I think I I, you know, have 500,000 less than I have now, but still that that million threshold, still financial independence, still be able to buy the properties that I did even in a flat market because yeah. I was buying for cash flow. So if you're going to look to buy properties and you want a strategy that's going to be recession proof, look to target like the lower in, not lower income, but like the lower threshold in the market, like the lower house price, ones that tend to have you know good, strong rents. If you're renting to clientele that um, you know is fixed to like a fixed income, like in, in retirement, things like right. that, you're really safe. So that sort yeah. of, you know. Real estate is really one of these things that I do really believe is recession-proof in the sense that if you're going for cash flow, to me it really doesn't matter what the properties are worth, it's how much you get every month. Because I. I don't care if the property's worth one, two, or 800 grand, if I'm earning the same amount every month, unless I'm planning to sell or refinance the property. But after a certain point, you don't care. I don't care if the market goes down, as long as I get the same amount of rent. Yeah. So when it comes to buying rental property like that, when the market goes down, typically people aren't buying as many properties and more people are renting. So just as an effect of that, usually rental properties end up doing better because there's more competition for renters. 
because more people are renting instead of That's buying. Right. And then when the market goes up, all of a sudden, sure, maybe the demand might not be there quite so much for rent, but now the property just went up 20% in value, so you make money on the other side. So like either way, you end up making money in a deal whether the market's up or down. But obviously, I mean, it helps if the market's going up. Do your homework. That's the big thing. If you're doing your homework, it, it's hard to really screw it up in real estate. You know, it's hard to I screw agree. up in real estate in general yeah. as long as you're buying smart. And the longer you hold, too, the less risk there tends to be. If you're trying to buy something and then flip it after six months, the risk is there. You could lose some money. You overspend on the property. The market goes down. There's so many yeah. variables that could happen. But when you plan to hold for like 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years or just never sell it, I mean, the risk, I would say, is nearly 0%. If you right? just, As long as you have the income to support the property or as long as the property cash flows, you just hold it. I mean, that's really all it comes down to. If you want to reach financial independence, and I think that's the drive for most people investing in any business, real estate, whatever you're investing in, at the end of the day, the goal is to reach, I think, financial independence, have that freedom to do whatever you want with your life, right? And, and find your why. To get there, there's really three things you can do. You can spend less, you can earn more, and you can maximize your returns. And in that order, like spending less yeah. is, is way more impactful because it allows you to save more, yeah. and it requires you to need less when you retire. So your number you need is even less. Earning more, try to pick up a side hustle. There's always a way to earn more in some way. Yeah, you can get a promotion at work, you can pick something up. If you know how to play piano, teach on the side, you know what I mean? Buy a rental property, something. And then maximizing return becomes more important as you build that that slope upwards. I agree. The exponential growth comes from, you know, each percentage point of return is so important. So 10% yeah. versus 25% is huge when you've got a million dollars in yes. the bank versus when you have $10,000 doesn't matter what your return on investment is. A lot of people say, you know, I need a million percent. If you have $10 to invest, it doesn't really matter. Like go save some money. Yeah. That's probably the best way to, I think, get started. It's just pick up your frugal roots. And, yeah. yeah, I agree. Well, dude, thank you so much for being on the channel. You guys, you have to check out Mike's channel. I'll put a link in the description and I'm sure you're gonna have comments. I'll just pin your comment at the very yeah. top. Check out his channel. He's putting out videos pretty frequently. He's amazing, like amazing content. Thanks, I mean, man. really that. good stuff. So check out his channel for sure if you want to see more of him. And we'll do more videos together, I'm sure, in the, in the future. But yeah. as always, you guys, thank you so much for watching. If you guys made it all the way to the very end, just let me know you made it to the very end. I read every single comment. So if you guys want to be a part of that, I'm sure you'll read every single comment too. Uh, so make sure to comment down below. Let us know your thoughts if you have any questions. <coughs> we'll be there answering any questions you have. Also, <laughs> watch it all the way through. And uh, you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you smash the subscribe button. Smash the notification bell, but I'm sure they've done that already. Feel free to add me on Snapchat and Instagram. I Probably Instagram at this point. I don't really post anymore on Snapchat. I'll put your Instagram in there as well. The yeah, links will cool. all be, everything is going to be in the, just open up the description. You'll see it. So thank you again for watching and until next time. A few moments later.
suspects anything? Not a chance. How's it going?